Welcome to Lightbulb. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Michael K. Michael, are you ready to do this? I am ready. You're born ready. It's the fourth time you've been on the show. So thank you so much and welcome back. Michael is the Michael is a financial advisor. He's the founder of Financial Life Focus. He's the founder of Chapter X. It's a community of and for men who are exploring what provides meaning and purpose. He's also the host of the Chapter X podcast. Michael, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you okay. do what you do. Okay. Well, I guess on uh, we could start with the, with the real easy stuff first, which is. I transferred ownership of Financial Life Focus to my partner on January 1st, and I am in this stage of, and I, I, uh, it's not, I can't even call it semi-retirement because I'm pretty well there with the exception of the occasional client meeting or conversation with staff or others who want to talk to me. So my time now is, it's, it is my chapter X. So uh, I'm spending a lot of time uh, in creating uh, content for Chapter X, which is, uh, as, as you said, uh, for men who are transitioning to this next stage of life of exploration of who am I when I'm no longer my job? Uh, how do I find meaning and purpose? What do I do with myself? Uh, in this last year, I became a certified life coach. Um, and in this last year, or so, um, I re-engaged in, uh, in music, which I haven't done in over 50 years. And I'm currently uh, playing with two different groups, one a, a local symphony orchestra and one a jazz group ensemble. So um, uh, my life is full. I, on a personal level, uh, I have um, uh, three granddaughters, two are local, uh, one is in Chicago, which we just came back from, from visiting her. And um, we're getting ready to celebrate our miracle baby's second birthday. And she was born at 24 weeks gestation at a one pound, seven ounces. Wow. And spent 97 days in the NICU. And she is a, she's our miracle baby. So we're, we're moving in on her second birthday within the next, uh, next couple of weeks. And, uh, my oldest is uh, six in kindergarten, and our newest baby out in Chicago is seven months old and the smiliest baby ever. So <laughs> life is good. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. How, how long have you been considering the transition? Because you spent a long time as a financial advisor. So yeah. when, when did you decide to transition? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, Jeremy and I had created a succession plan and uh, and worked on that for years, and we started to move into it over time, and uh, we accelerated it. Um, and it was during during COVID, or uh, and it, it just made sense to me. Uh, uh, although it was hard, you know, when I've been working literally since I was twelve years old. And uh, not as a financial advisor, uh, but I've been working literally since I was 12 years old. And the idea of my work life coming to an end was emotionally destabilizing. Even though I've been uh, uh, mentoring and coaching people, in, you know, clients in the financial side of it, 
uh, there's this other side of it. And that's where I think I got really excited about the idea of life coaching uh, because uh, without, you know, the focus on money. So, um, yeah, so we, we accelerated it. We pulled the, the trigger uh, as of one one twenty two, And as I said, I, I go in occasionally, have a meeting occasionally, but most of my life now is exploring and learning and growing and, and coaching. I, I've been doing some coaching for some financial advisors who are really trying to explore changes in their life, changes in their practice. And that's been really quite nice. And then, as you mentioned, I just kicked off a coaching program for Chapter X, and we'll see how that goes. I love it. Congratulations on on, on all of it. What, what uh, instrument do you play, Michael? I am a trumpet player. Okay. And I was classically trained uh, through my early life, family of musicians. And uh, I walked away from playing when I was 18 and never touched it again. And one day I just got inspired and said, I need to do this again. And I found a teacher and uh, been playing. So it's been, it's hard work mentally it's a mental game you know just like anything else the idea that i know where i was i know what my proficiency level was and now 50 years later trying to recoup some of that or figure out where you are was a challenge and it still is a challenge especially now that i I just started uh to play with a local symphony orchestra and um that's a whole different it's a whole different uh ball game as they say just because of the the precision of it and um you know someone and they i showed up for rehearsal and they put dvorak's eighth symphony in front of me and i'm like ah. so yeah nice yeah so with chapter x there's obviously a big enough problem that you have devoted time and attention and resources to solving tell me about that well the one thing that I found in the decades of working as a financial life planner was the fact that what you know we spend all this time saying, okay, I want to, I'm saving for retirement. Okay, well now what? What does retirement mean to you? You know, and and I and you hear the whole thing from, oh, I I want to, I just want to fish, or I want to play golf, or I want to do nothing, and. But there's so many considerations as to what this this chapter of our life looks like, because typically if you're retiring sometime in your 60s or early 70s, early to mid 70s, and depending on what your health is, okay, what, you know, how, how well do you sleep? How well do you eat? How well do you take care of your body? How well do you exercise? You know, what are the things that you're doing that are, uh, that promote good health and longevity? And And then you match that with this huge shift. Think about it, George. From the time that we are young, we are taught to work hard to succeed, climb up the ladder, do the things that are going to make you successful. Uh, You know, and and it's almost, uh, you know, it's almost about domination. 
Okay, you've got to be better than the other guy, mm-hmm. right? All these things that go into uh, building a successful career. And I put that in quotes because everyone defines success very differently. Uh, but if, if, but for, for many people who say, okay, well, I, you know, my idea is to you know, make as much money as possible, climb the highest on the ladder that I can. Okay, now you take that away. And what do you what what do you take away? You take away prestige. You take away social connections. You take away a stream of income. You t- you know you take away the thing that that you're occupied with for the bulk of your day. Now you've got this blank page. And what do you need to what do you need to, to do? You need to create relationships. I had a fascinating. Uh, I recorded a fascinating podcast yesterday with Quinn Kennedy, who's a PhD and researcher in aging. And the things are so clear in terms of, you know, what you should be eating, the types of exercise, um, and, you know, things to stave off dementia and Alzheimer's and to be able to live as healthfully as possible. And I've had many guests on the podcast who are, you know, exercise gurus, uh, who are uh, holistic, uh, physicians, things like that. Uh, one of them is uh, David Bernstein, who is who just retired as a uh, he's a gerontologist, uh, and he dealt with the aging population. And what we learn, and he's, and he's written two fabulous books around that. Uh, so I've really learned so much about what does it take to live your best life. But now you have this time to be thinking inwardly. How can I give more of myself through what I've learned, what, I, what I'm doing? Um, what's going to bring joy to my life? And, and I think what we come to the point is once we, you know, we raise our families, we do all these things, we accumulate. It's not about things. It's about connection. And how do we connect? How do we relearn how to connect with people, right? Um, it, you know, it's... It becomes this whole unknown. I've never had to figure out how to find friends. Um, you know, most of the people that I, I'm are they're still working. Um, so it it becomes this challenge of moving outside of your comfort zone. Um, and granted, it's uncomfortable, right? So it's that acknowledgement of saying, okay, well, what do I do with that? Well. I tell, I tell people no one ever died from being uncomfortable. Right. And I think, I think we even talked about that once before. It's like, you're going to be out of your comfort zone. You've been doing what you've been doing for decades. Now you're doing something else. What does that actually mean? How do you create your day, your week, your month that brings you joy? And what are those aspects? So, you know, that's really where the focus is. And it became abundantly clear that men uh, especially are terrible at it by and large. <laughs> um, because we're the, you know, we're the hunter, we've been taught the hunter gathers. We were, we have not been socialized. <laughs> you know, women, women by and large know how to create relationships. Men are about domination, especially in the workplace or on the ball field or, you know, Unless you're on the same team, you're the enemy. Okay, so it's really a shift of mindset. Um, 
so it's been super fascinating uh, to deal with. But it's it, there. These are big life issues that you know. The idea now that you you, you hear is work life balance. Well, work life balance maybe until recently was never a thing. It was you work your butt off as long as you can, do as well as you can, come home exhausted, get up in the morning and do it again. Uh, but now, yeah, I think some sanity uh, in terms of looking at your life in a more round level of what do I need for my health? What do I need for my sanity, right? And is this really what I want? So chapter X really focuses on, you know, asking those questions and I lay myself completely open. I had times where I was despondent and I shared that with the community. Uh, there were times that things were wonderful or things that I've observed. So that's really what, you know, what I've been doing besides the podcast and I, I invite the members of the community to come on to a Zoom meeting once a month and we share openly and uh, vigorously about our experiences. And it's been, it's been really interesting. I've, I've learned so much and hopefully the, the people in the community are as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they are. I think that there's so much value in, in asking that question, is this really what I want? And it seems so obvious, but we, we just, you know, like who, who, who am I to ask that? How, how indulgent of me? I've got work to do. I've got responsibilities. Right. And so we don't do that. Right. And, and at our own peril. Exactly. So we come to the end of, we, we come to the end of our work life, whether, and there are many people who come to the end of their work life, not by choice, but you know, they get, they get a package from their, companies and say, you know, your, your services are no longer required. We appreciate the fact that you've been here for 35 years, but you're done. Uh, and they're thrown into retirement. There are people that have that leave because of health issues or the business goes out of business or, or whatever it is. There's, there's multiple reasons why people leave or that they just come to that place where they say, I just don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, I've been, completely blessed and you know having first part of my career as a as an accountant and a CPA and then going into financial services and finding life planning and creating a firm around the concepts of the whole person uh, of, of of values driving decisions rather than it's just about the money it's just about the money and so coming at creating chapter X out of this, this this idea of how do we make this next chapter because we don't know how long we have right and we but the one thing we do know is that this chapter is not the is is, is not the longest part of our life right we don't know how long we're going to have our health we don't know how long we're going to have our cognitive abilities we don't know how long we'll have mobility you know we we, we don't know any of these things uh so you know, why not make what we have as vigorous, as robust, and as important as possible? And all the research points clearly to the idea of it starts with connection, you know, connecting with other human beings and, and, and giving back to the world. Uh, and it's not about money. It's about how you can impact others. 
through your experiences, through your knowledge, through uh, things that you care about, and then making sure you have time to go for a walk, uh, you know, or hit and hit the gym, or make sure you're doing the things that are provide that, you know. So it, it, it's it feels in certain ways very indulgent. Uh, it's like, okay, I'm, how do I map out my day? How do I, what do I do for myself today? <laughs> but, but the reality is, is I need to be healthy so I can give my best to my family, to my children, to my grandchildren, to my wife, and to the other people in my life that I, that I love and care about, whether they're uh, dear, dear close friends or people in the chapter X community or someone that I meet, you know, online in a coffee shop is that how do I bring the best of myself forward every day? Yeah. So in developing the program, I imagine it was harder to figure out what to leave out. I'm sure that you weren't trying to figure out, oh, you know, geez, I, I wish I had more things to talk about. And I believe it's a four month program. How did you, how did you sort of distill everything down? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it is not, it, it's, it's four months because it really takes time to kind of break through certain levels. There are definite tiers of decision-making and because, you know, the first step is kind of being comfortable where you are, you know, being comfortable in the discomfort, right. And being able to acknowledge that. And then it's kind of these different ways of looking at and mapping out and testing and trying. So my belief is, is that within the four month period, you should have a, a pretty a pretty good ramp up to going forward. Uh, if it can't be done in four months, there's probably other issues involved that are beyond the scope of a coach. Um, you know, and there are people who are suffering from depression and other uh, levels of um, other issues that are not co really coachable. And uh, those are things that have to be looked at. They could be medical. You know, they could be emotional. Um, and those are the things that people really need to be like, okay, well, this is not in the purview of a life coach. This is in the purview of, of a therapist or of, you know, a psychiatrist or something else. So, you know, so that, th those are the kinds of, th those are the things. And, and it's not the kind of thing that in terms of coaching where you could say, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to coach for, you know, three times a week. You know, it takes time to synthesize, practice, analyze, uh, and kind of get those things together. So that's the, you know, so I've, I've kind of structured the program along that line, but it's also flexible enough that it's going to respond to what the needs of the individuals are. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it works out and, and what kind of response I get. Yeah. Well, that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you've mentioned a couple of times how, what makes life rich and rewarding and fulfilling are the connections that we make. And that reminds me of the famous Harvard grant study that is the longest running study on what makes a happy life. And, and, it, and it's exactly what you described. So that you have that community element to the program, I think, from my perspective is what will make it a really, really, really successful program. Cause they'll be able to go through no doubt coursework and independent learning, but then be able to connect and learn from and teach other folks who are in similar stage. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see 
you know, people who are coming, who come to the chapter X community, who are their attorneys, their doctors, their business executives, they're, you know, from all different walks of life, but they all come with one thing in common. They've never done this before. Hmm. Right. None of us have. Hmm. And, you know, this realization or, or, you know, coming to the idea that this is not, you can't, this is not something that someone has mastered, you know, that you come in with mastery. You know, you have mastery at the thing you do and you go as, and you become a novice in, in the, in chapter X. So how do you change your mindset from mastery to being a novice hmm. and saying, well, what was some of the excitement you had? Remember your first job. How exciting was that as a novice of learning, of growing, of changing, of adapting, and of becoming from sheer novice and growing in your mastery? This is the same idea. You know, so what we what I hope to will happen is. And people who go through the coaching program will come out with a feeling of mastery or at least towards mastery as they come through this because they've looked at all these different areas of themselves. But, you know, that there's a, there's a, there's a huge gap, right, between coming from this place of mastery, whether you're a physician or an attorney or whatever, you know, you get up in the morning, you know what you're going to do, whether you're a writer, whether it doesn't, or an executive, you know your job. And now that's gone. Now what do you know? Right? You don't know a lot, right? You might, you know, I got to find a pickleball game someplace, but you don't <laughs> know a lot. <laughs> one, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite stories is years ago, a client, small business owner came into our office and he, he was going to sell his business and I asked the question, so what are you going to do in retirement? And he says, I'm going to play golf. And his wife looked at him and said, no, you're not. She says, well, you can play golf two days a week, but then two days a week, you're going to get a part-time job. You're going to volunteer two days a week. And the, the, the seventh day will be a wild card. And he looks at her and he goes, okay. That. <laughs> You know, and when I when, when people you know when I've heard and I've heard it countless times, uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna play golf, right? Three hundred sixty-five days a year. Yep. Right. <laughs> Five, seven days a week, fifty-two weeks a year. Really? Year after year, if that's all you're gonna do, that's all you want to do. You know, it, I, maybe it sounds good in their head, but the reality of it is, is, is a departure, right? Got to embrace that beginner's mindset. Exactly. Come in with that fresh set of eyes and, and exactly. be willing to engage. I love it. Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with the Chapter X community and program? Sure. Well, the, uh, you can find more about me. Uh, I, I will do workshops. I'll do talks, whatever. Uh, at www.michaelfk.com, all one word. And uh, the chapter X is there, the coaching information is there, and it's, it's where you can find me. Excellent. 
Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Michael your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to michaelfk.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-F-K-A-Y.com and check out the great resources. Check out the Chapter X podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. And if this is something that piqued your interest, definitely check into it because like most things in life, uh, it's probably not going to happen on its own. So thanks again, Michael. Thanks, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.